Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. Offering of praise, we worship you, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one, our heart. We love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Glory to your name. 
God, you are so good. Just keep on praising him. Keep on loving on him. We're sitting at his feet right now. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. So we can't ever get in a hurry when we're in his presence. Hallelujah. Lord, we're grateful for your love that you've poured out on us. We're grateful for your mercy, your grace that flows over us, the cleansing of your blood. And we can't help but respond by saying how much we love you. I love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for being sensitive to the Lord today and leading us in his presence. How many enjoys being in the presence of the Lord? These last several weeks, months, I don't know how long it started when we started focusing on the presence, and that's kind of a bad statement. We've always focused on the presence, but uh, the message series that the Lord's put on my heart was to include His presence, and, and it's been going on for several, several weeks, several months, because we can't do it without His presence. We can't make it without His presence. We, I don't want to try to do it without His presence. And it's interesting now over these last uh, several months over this year, the Lord has gone, uh, taken us through this course. And I want to go ahead and give you the title of the message today is to break through continues in his presence. And I'm believing the Lord is going to do a breakthrough work again this morning. For those who are here, if you're watching online, we want to hear your testimony, how the Lord is reaching and touching you where you're at. And over this last year, we've been talking about the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding. And that in this journey that we've been on and through Nehemiah, and I'm not quite done with Nehemiah, we, we're, we're almost done, but we're on this, this other vein that the Lord has led us on about talking about His presence. And in the middle of that, and through the story of Nehemiah, we hear the name of Perez, that, and we talk about the breakthrough that he endured uh, and went through as even being born, and there's a breakthrough for us as we hold on, and you've heard that story. And so we, now we've been holding on to this theme of breakthrough. And don't you love it how the Lord leads us down the right? path. That the Lord and in his direction. It could have been really easy at the beginning of the year to sit down and try to map out messages for the whole year. I believe the Lord gave me a a, a theme and a a process, but in the middle of the process, in the middle of of, uh, continuing to preach, uh, he keeps giving us one more step. Uh, uh, How many of those like all the directions up front? 
That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. It, it's not here it all is. It's a, as we're being obedient. I, I believe that he orders our steps. Can someone say amen? He orders our, our steps. And as we follow what he's saying, he'll say, stop and listen. Or, or stop and, and, and think about this. Or he'll say, pick this up and continue down this. Uh, he doesn't take us down the wrong path. Uh, go, talking about his presence is not the wrong path. Uh, going down this vein of the breakthrough is not the wrong path. Uh, we're listening and hearing the voice of the Lord. This is what he's saying to us, and this is what he has for us again today. There's a continuing breakthrough. The breakthrough continues in his presence. So let's grab the, our Bibles today. Let's say the declaration of, of the word. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert. I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to do my best to get through chapter 3 and 4 today of Ruth. But I want to take us back just for a moment as we continue the message of breakthrough to look at a couple of things from last week. We talked about breakthrough blessings in his presence. That was the, the title. We're talking about today the continuing breakthrough in his presence. We also picked up on this thought, if you need a breakthrough blessing, find a place to serve. And I, and I appreciate all those who've been serving uh, uh, here. Next slide, if you will. If you, wanna, if you need a breakthrough blessing, find a place to, to serve. We may be, there we go. I want everybody to, to see this, and I want you to hold on to this. Say serve. That's what God has wanted us to be servants in, in him. And it's not just in, in one activity. It's about just having a heart of service, being able to serve where you're at in a moment. And we talked about it last week, serving in your home, serving at work, serving in the, in the church, serving in the kingdom, but having a heart of a servant. And that was part of last week. Also gave you this last week. God wants to give you a breakthrough blessing over doubt and drought. Say that with me. God wants to give you a breakthrough blessing over doubt and drought. Amen? So get warmed up because here's what the Lord is going to give us today. Continuing his breakthrough. We're jumping into Ruth chapter 2 at the end just to give the thoughts to lay in the foundation again. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, and this is after Ruth has been in the field. She was going to glean some, some, uh, some barley, was going to the field to glean that. And, and just to pick up, we already heard about the blessings that Boaz just began to say, hey, to his servants, leave a, leave a big hump there for her, leave her a, little bit, a big heap. Let her take that and, and take it home to Naomi. She's blessing her, her mother-in-law. So now Ruth is back at home, and she's having this conversation uh, with Naomi about what has taken place. This is where we're at in chapter 2, verse 20. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is our relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Verse 21, Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until the, they have finished all the harvest. She's been given permission. Don't go to another field. I have a blessing for you. Stay right here. You need to take this, this crop in. You need, to, you need to have some of this so you don't have to worry about going somewhere else. Stay right here. God has a plan for us. Amen? Amen. 
And I'm saying all this because we want to relate to this story that the same God that was working in Naomi's and Ruth's life is the same God that we're serving, and he has provision for us today. Verse 22, and Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that the people do not meet you in any other field. So stay close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So I just bringing that back to you before we get into chapter three to bring the context. The story's going to move fast, but I want you to think about this. Continuing the heart of serving for a breakthrough. Say that with me. Continuing the heart of serving for a breakthrough. Starting chapter 3, verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women were, you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourselves and anoint yourself, Put on the best garment and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place that he, that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go in, uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And I want to pause for a moment and try to unpack a little bit of what's going on there. It's the time to do the threshing of the wheat. Naomi tells Ruth that you want to go there tonight. Don't let Boaz know who you are. Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor. Even though he was uh, in charge of everything and he was the, the main man of that field, it was customary that the owner of the field would be in charge of even doing the threshing. And it, it would be a place they would, out, a lot of times out in the field, they would stomp it down and roll it down and, and pound it down so it would be a flat area. And they would begin to take uh, the, the, the wheat or the barley and they would, they would pound it. And then they would take it in the cool of the evening. This is why it was done in the evening. A, a cool breeze would come in and they would toss it up in the air and, and the breeze would take out some of the things and the, and the pure harvest would land back down on the ground. And the owner of the field would be a part of that, that process. And so Ruth or Naomi says to Ruth that he's going to be there tonight. This is the season for that. How many knows that we got to get ready for the season when God is about to blow in? Amen. Be alert for the season. And there's a season that's coming. I believe it's here. The Lord wants us to, to realize this is a season. There's a fresh wind that is coming and it's going to do something in us. Can you just think about it for a moment? The, the process that this wheat is barley is going through. It's being pounded. It's being sifted. It's being thrown up. And, and what doesn't belong is being blown away. Is anybody ready for some things that, that doesn't belong in your life to be blown away? Some of that is doubt. Some of that is drought. Uh, it's famine. Uh, it's, it's lack. But I'm telling you right now, God is able. God is able. So that's the first part of this scene. The second part that may seem strange to us is that she tells her to, to go in. And after he's done eating and drinking, he begins to lie down. When he, basically, when he falls asleep, you go and, and lay at his feet. 
Now, the picture here is she's not laying beside him. Nothing immodest is taking place. Nothing inappropriate is taking place. But she lays at her feet that is customary for servants at that time to do. And then she begins to ask, if you follow the story along, that, uh, that when he notices her, that she would be covered by the mantle that he was carrying. Again, it wasn't inappropriate where she was laying, they were fully clothed, but he would do that as a sign of covering. Aren't you glad that you have been covered by, the, uh, by Jesus, that we sit at his feet? And, and this was this scene was developing, so Ruth uh, would let him know that I'm here to serve you. Again, look at that. There's a breakthrough through the heart of serving. There's a continually breakthrough when we have continually the heart of serving. This is the heart of Ruth. This is what got Boaz's attention on Ruth to begin with when he heard how he was serving, how she was serving her mother-in-law, Naomi, and the word got around. And now she's sitting at or laying at the feet of Boaz, and he begins to wake up and begins to say to her, I'm going to take care of you, but I want to give you this before we get into the end of the story. I want you to know this idea of becoming this continual heart of serving for a breakthrough, we need to become his for the breakthrough. Someone say that. We need to become his for the breakthrough. Naomi realized Ruth needs security in her life, and if she would become Boaz, if she would become his wife, if she became uh, not a property of his, but a, a, a wife of his, when she became his, uh, he would take care of her. I want to let you know, when we become the bride of Christ, uh, when we came into, uh, into that relationship with Jesus Christ, when we become his, there's a breakthrough happening in our lives over and over because we are his. We are protected by him. He is our security. He is our provider. He will take care of us. But I want to walk through this right now, this idea of the continuing serving. When we give our heart to Jesus Christ, and we've been redeemed by his blood. And now we know that we are something in Jesus Christ. We are overcomers. This is not to make us haughty or proud, but this is to give us the humility and to let us know that we need to still humble ourselves before Jesus Christ and that he's going to strengthen us, but I want to be his. Are you ready for this now? Become his for a breakthrough through or being, depends on what we're looking at here, become his for a breakthrough through humility and humbleness. Say that with me. Become his for a breakthrough through humility and humbleness. Let me give you a verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And this is where I want you to pick up. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with, say it, humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Doesn't this give a picture of Ruth? God gave her grace because she was humble. She was willing to serve. So we have to have a breakthrough through humility and humbleness. Also, we have continual breakthrough by being incorruptible, and irresistible. Write it down and say it with me. We become his for a breakthrough, be being incorruptible and irresistible. Are you ready for the verses? First Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. It doesn't say don't do these things. He says just don't let it be merely outward. 
Sometimes, I'm, I'm not going to go too far on this, but sometimes we use this verse to say you're not allowed to wear makeup, you're not allowed to wear jewelry. It didn't say that. It says don't let this be the main focus. It's okay to have some adornment. To, it's okay to have some of these the jewelry. It's okay to have some makeup. But don't let that be what you're known for. Let this be what you're known for. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty. So if you want to be a servant, if you want breakthrough, we got to have incorruptibility in our lives. we got to be incorruptible. Let this incorruptible beauty, meaning that it can't be tarnished by the world. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you Christ is in your heart, and you're humble before Him, and you're serving Him with all that you have, uh, this world can't taint you. This world can't stain you. This world can't bring you down. We are conquerors in Jesus Christ. We have been changed and we've been adorned by the Holy Spirit. We have the mantle of the Holy Ghost covering us and we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. We don't look like this world. We don't act like this world. We're different. So this is what Paul, this is what Peter is saying. Don't let this, uh, let the world corrupt you, but let this inner heart, this hidden person, what's inside of you come out incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Another verse for you, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. You've heard me preach on this verse before. We are the fragrance of Christ. I'm saying this is irresistible, amen? Uh, when you have the right fragrance, uh, you become irresistible. Uh, when you have that right fragrance, uh, you know how it is, uh, husbands and wives, you have that where they get near you and you're like, you smell very good. And, and you walk away and they're following you. Uh, and you're like, I just can't get away from that scent. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, irresistible. This is how we're supposed to be, the fragrance of Christ. Uh, we need to be irresistible to this world. Not because of our arrogance, not because of our boastfulness, but because of our humility, because of uh, our humbleness. Uh, there's something about us because we're incorruptible, because of our irre we're irresistible, because we have the fragrance of Christ in us. The world is drawn to believers when we're showing the joy, showing a lifestyle of humility, but a lifestyle of victory. We are, again, I've said it several times, we are more than conquerors. Not of ourselves, but through the power of Jesus Christ. So we're the fragrance among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Then one more. Become his for a breakthrough, being sanctified and submissive. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Lord, sanctify us. One more verse, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who are over you and be submissive. This is contrary to what the world wants to teach. But when we learn to be submissive over those who are over us, I know this is in the context of, of the Christian family and church. It says, for they watch out for your souls. And those who must give an account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. We can unpack this verse more later on. 
But there's something about it being submissive for a breakthrough. Oh, let's go there for a minute. You know why there's some breakthrough that doesn't happen in some churches? Because people don't know how to submit. They don't know how to be humble. They let pride get in the way. We're, we're trying to break, we pray for a breakthrough, but it doesn't happen. But we're not doing the heart check. Lord, help us check our heart first before anything else. This is what the Word of God is saying. If we want to be His, we've got to be submissive. We've got to be sanctified. We have to be pure of heart. We have to be humble. We have to be holy. We have to be incorruptible. We need to be irresistible. And when, that, when those formulas take place together, there is a recipe right there for breakthrough. God, help us, O oh Lord, not to be in the way of a breakthrough. I don't want to get in the way of breakthrough because of my attitude, and my, because of my mindset. I want to get out of the way. I want to be humble, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh God, not get in the way of a breakthrough, but get out of the way for the throughing, for the for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, for the miracles that take place. Uh, he wants a breakthrough. He wants a change. He wants walls to come down. He wants healing to take place. I'm letting you know the day that there's going to be healing in this house, physical healing. God wants to bring a breakthrough, and it's going to happen because we're going to get out of the way, and we're going to let him do what he wants to do. Amen? So let's get back to the main story. I don't know why you guys got me off in the corner. <laughs> Continuing the heart of serving for a breakthrough. Pick it in verse 10 of chapter 3. And this is Boaz's response. This is, what, this is what Ruth is saying to Naomi, telling her the story. Blessed are you, O Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. I'm sure this is where they're still at that scene in the, in the threshing floor. That you did not... Go after young men, whether poor or rich. He's commending her again. You, you, you came to this country, but you stayed humbled. You stayed a servant. You didn't get your eyes on, the, on, on, on people to just try to take care of you. you are, your, your goal was to take care of Naomi. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now, it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. We're going to get into chapter 4 now, but what happens there at the end of, of chapter 3, Boaz goes to this other family member who has a right. And again, this is beyond our culture and our customs, but at this time they had what they would call a kinsman redeemer, and they had the right to, to buy the property, take the, uh, a wife that was, uh, who had a dead husband who passed away uh, so they can continue the family language, lineage and name. And so this family relative had the right over Boaz. Boaz confronts him and says, I'm, here's what I'm plan on doing. I want to uh, take this and, and redeem this. And, but if you do it, you can. But in order to do this, that means you're going to take uh, Ruth to be your wife. And the guy backs up and is like, I'm not ready for that. And so he gives permission to Boaz to take Ruth, who he really began to love. God put them together. And so now we're at the place where Boaz has the right to marry Ruth. So Boaz said to the elders and all the people when they're having this conversation, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, all that was Killian's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. He's redeeming what was lost. He's, he's helping Naomi out in this, but he's also receiving Ruth as a wife. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife. 
to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. Now listen, there's a continuing with the restoration of life for a breakthrough. You've got to see the picture here. There's a continuation with the restoration of life for a breakthrough. Naomi lost it all. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. She gained two daughter-in-laws. One decided to stay. The other one clung to her with all that she had. She says, I'm not going to let you go. And then the Lord stepped in. Remember Naomi, when she got back to Bethlehem, she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. I'm bitter. I'm broken. I'm down and out. I haven't lost my faith in God, but I'm wondering why he did this to me. This is the way she was feeling, but she had the wrong thinking. Remember, we talked about that last week. We've got to conquer wrong thinking. But God steps in. He brings a redeemer. This is a picture. This is a picture of the Old Testament, what Christ is doing for us. How many knows that he's our great redeemer? When we were down and out, when we were hopeless, when we were foreigners in another land, he stepped into our lives and said, I want to bring you as my own. I don't care where you came from. I don't care who your parents were. I don't care who they served. I want you. I want you as my, I want you to be a part of the bride of Christ. He, it doesn't matter what your past has been. God wants to redeem demon. He wants you right now as his own. He says, I required her as my wife. You are witnesses to this this day. Verse 11, and all the people who were at the gate and the elder says, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house, listen, like Rachel and Leah. Now you're starting to hear the Old Testament stories come back to life, right? Let this house be like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. Can I just let you know, out of Rachel and Leah, Leah that's where Jacob uh, had these wives and they came the 12 tribes of, of Israel. This, uh, they're saying to her, we want you. Oh, we want you, Naomi. We want your household to be just as famous as Rachel and Leah. When they, made, when they mentioned the names of Rachel and Leah, they knew who they were talking about. These are the ancestors. This is why we're here. And they go on and say, and may you prosper in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. You may have left, but when you came back, God brought you back with a purpose. Oh, I got to say that again. You may have left, but when you came back, you came back with a purpose. Uh, there are some people that are going to come back to God with a purpose. Uh, they may have left, but they may have been, they may abandon their, their hometown where they're supposed to be. They may got away because they thought there was a famine and they couldn't handle it anymore. But God is calling people back. It sounds like there's a return. It sounds like there's a rebuilding. It sounds like there is a, a refining taking place. Uh, may your house be like, verse four, 12, may your house be like the house of Perez. Here we go again. Has anybody heard that name before? Let your house be like that of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah. You're like, how did this tie in? Did you know that Genesis ties into Ruth? If you'll follow the story, let your house, let it be known that like the house of Perez who Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give from you to you from this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. Listen to this, verse 15. And may he be to you 
a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom, and she became a nurse to him. There is a restoration of life in a breakthrough. Listen to this. Breakthrough comes when you let God change your bitterness to nourishment. Somebody say that with me today. Breakthrough comes when you let God change your bitterness to nourishment. Do you see the miracle that took place in Naomi's, Naomi's life? Uh, who, a lady that was older, that uh, was not able to, to allow a, a baby to, to take milk from her. She was dried up, but God says, I'm not going to let you stay dried up. It's what used to be bitter was turned into sweet, and now she's nursing the baby that was born through Ruth and Boaz because God had a plan. I want to let you know it doesn't matter how old you are. God can take you and give you a, a gift of nourishment to feed other people. God can give you the gift of nourishment to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter. God can take bitterness and change it around to nourishment. God is able to change. He's a sustainer. He's the one that gives us hope. He's the one that gives us joy. He's the one that gives us purpose. And he's got a calling for everyone who's listening to this message today. The final thought this morning, there's a continuing through a descendants for a breakthrough. There's a continuing through descendants for a breakthrough. Starting verse 17. Also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is a father of Jesse, the father of David. Look at these last verses. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Why did we take time? Why did the Lord find fit? Because I, when I was younger, when I began to study this and wanting it to click together, and one day it finally hit me. I figured it, I saw the, I saw the connection because I was always, uh, amorized by that, that story in, in Genesis, Genesis chapter 37 is talking about Jacob and his brothers. And, and then all of a sudden there's a stop in the story. And there's this interesting story in verse, in chapter 38 of Judah and Tamar. And I'm like, why is that there? Cause it goes right in then to, in chapter 39, back into Jacob's story. And, and, and what's happening there is like, why is this, this pause? It's got to mean something It's so important. And we see in the middle of this story in Genesis chapter 38, the story of Perez. This is interesting, a baby being born, but the firstborn really wasn't a firstborn. He became the secondborn because the secondborn got out in front of the firstborn. And, 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 what is, and his name means breakthrough. There's got to be something significant here. But if you keep reading through the Word of God, you'll find the name of Perez again, and that his name shows up here. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. God had a purpose for him because there's a reason why the firstborn, the, the descendants of the firstborn, that's where it was at. And, and he says this, this is the descendants of Perez. He begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Abinadad. Abinadad begot Nashon. Nashon begot Solomon. Solomon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Obed. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David, who we know is King David. And if you keep following in and you go back to Matthew, we know through the lineage of David, Jesus Christ came, our Redeemer. And I want to let you know this. I'll preach it again another time. But Jesus didn't come from a perfect heritage. He didn't come from a perfect family. Look at the story 
stories. But God had his hand, and there's descendants that led to Jesus Christ. And so you've got to hear me say, let's do the Bible this morning. Are you ready? This week, read read Ruth chapter 4 and reflect on this. Reflect on the significance of Abraham, Judah, and Perez. I I bet you've never seen those names connected like that before. Descendants in the lineage of King David, which leads to the lineage of Christ found in Matthew chapter 1. Here's what I want you to capture. Abraham's faith began a legacy that led to Christ. Your faith can continue a legacy that follows Christ. Keep the faith and breakthrough for your family will continue in his presence. Think about it. God's not done blessing descendants. He's not done blessing your families. There's a legacy through faith. Abraham was known as a father of faith. God accredited his faith as righteousness. And his descendants were blessed because of that. I want my children and my children's children, when they begin to come, and and my children's children's children, be blessed because of the legacy of faith that was passed down from my father and my mother and my grandparents and their grandparents, their mother and father. I don't know how far it goes back. And maybe, again, I've said this to you, you may be the beginning of the legacy, but be the beginning of the legacy. Let your faith be passed down. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up praying. God wants a bless them. He has a promise and he has a place for them in his kingdom. As our musicians come back, I want you to hear this one more time. Reflect on the significance of Abraham, Judah, and Perez, his descendants in the lineage of King David, which leads to the lineage of Christ found in Matthew chapter 1. Abraham's faith began a legacy that led to Christ. Your faith can continue a legacy that follows Christ. Keep the faith and breakthroughs for your family will continue in his presence. We cannot get away from his presence. The word of God says where two or three are gathered in his name, I'll be in the midst of them. When we begin to gather together and begin to sing praises to him and honor him, His presence began to flood the room. And it's in his presence where his healing power is released. It's in his presence where broken hearts are mended, hard hearts are broken, restoration, hope. Some of you may need hope today because you're praying for your descendants, you're praying for your family. You're praying for a breakthrough in their lives. Maybe you're praying for a breakthrough in your life. But I'm going to let you know all these things are possible in the presence of the Lord. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. At the name of Jesus, sickness has to flee. It's at the name of Jesus, power is released to overcome the enemy, Satan, demons, afflictions, addictions, all this is conquered in through and through the name of 
Jesus. Can you stand with me right now? Say his name. His name is Jesus. If you're here this morning, we're going to start singing about his name. I believe the atmosphere is set right now for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for breakthrough. I want some ladies to get around my wife and start praying for her. She's been dealing with a, a sinus infection for weeks. It's been going on a long time on many rounds of antibiotics. She's got a, a scan tomorrow to kind of see what's going on there. And so we're praying for we're praying for deliverance right now of this a breakthrough in this moment right now. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, healing, healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, she's put up with this long enough. She's been in pain and agony, but Lord, by your stripes, she is healed. We're claiming healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We believe it. Hallelujah. I don't know what your other needs may be today, but if you have a need this morning, find a place around this altar area, whether you're sitting or standing or kneeling, but just begin to, to be able to bask in his presence, worship with all that you got, because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his name, and he's going to do a breakthrough this morning. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Will you come and begin to pray? Hallelujah, Lord. Yeah. 